G'day friends, welcome back. Well, we're getting towards the pointy end now, aren't we? And unfortunately, the spectre of COVID is hanging over the season once again and over all of our lives. Of course it is. Um, oops, excuse me. Um, who knows if anything's going to come of this, but it isn't looking good. They're talking more masks. They're talking more lockdowns because um, the hospitals are just getting a little bit overwhelmed. Um, and it is that time of year. It is the sort of, you know, flu season. More people get sick this time of year. Um, so if there was a time of year that COVID was going to try and sort of bounce back and rear its ugly head again, it would be now. So hopefully uh, we can avoid it impacting the season too heavily. But we saw uh, how it affected Brisbane on the weekend. And with finals fast approaching, it is a serious concern. Um, that being said, we got a big round of football to get through. So let's get into it. Okay, let's go all the way back to Thursday night. Geelong versus Melbourne. This is a huge game. Ramifications were huge. The callbacks were huge. Thinking about the last round of last year. Thinking about the prelim. There was a lot going into this game. And off the back of what Melbourne did last week, and especially the week before against Brisbane, I thought they were back. I thought they'd sort of sorted out all their big problems. Not the case. Um, they, they've still got a big issue with their forward line. It's totally in shambles. Um, they are struggling to kick winning scores. Just nine goals against Geelong. Um, it's definitely their biggest issue. They, they, like Everything else around the ground isn't going perfectly, but their forward line is by far their biggest problem. Um in Geelong, Geelong, they got their revenge, or you know maybe the first part of it. They will most likely meet again in September. Um, so the question is, did Geelong show their hand? The brilliant Blitzarves move to have him deal with, you know, Gorn and then Petrarca and then Oliver over and over again, like. First of all, I, th I think Mark Blitzarves is just, he is so underappreciated just in general. But just being able to do that, first of all, being physically able to do that, being the athlete that can do that is amazing. But th like he's so, th there are few players who are genuinely as versatile as him. Like people say all the time, oh, they can play every position on the ground. We're, we're like, you know, meaning they can play like half forward, half back and midfield, right? 
Mark Blitzarves can literally play in every single position and play it well. He, oh, did you hear my tummy just then? Um, no joke. And we saw it in this game. He 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 basically like he he put Melbourne to the sword on his own. He had their their, their prime movers completely under control so that the rest of his team could do what they wanted. Um, the, the the game was going to be won in the midfield, and I, I thought that Melbourne's midfield was going to be too strong, um, but it was the opposite. It was the opposite by a long way. It was Geelong, the big, mature bodies that was so strong at the contest. Atkins was fantastic. Duncan was fantastic. Guthrie was fantastic. And like I said, Blitzarves, he was just... He's shutting down Oliver and Petrarca, and then he's going to the ruck and do really well in there. Him and Stanley sort of tag team that role. Oh, it was it was so well done, so bloody well done. Um, and I'll just mention quickly Jack Viney. While Melbourne haven't been going too red hot, sort of the last six weeks or so, Viney has been brilliant. Like there's been, you know, Oliver's still been very good, and Petrarca has been very good, but Viney is just oh. He is humming along very nicely, playing really good football. Um, are Geelong legit? I mean, of course they're legit. They're on top of the ladder. They're, they've won seven games in a row. They're definitely legit. But until, probably until they've won a premiership, I'm not going to be convinced because we've seen this before. They do really, really well in the home and away season and then it gets to a prelim final or it gets to a whatever and they fall over. Um, they've done it time and time again. Granted, this Geelong side, this iteration, is very different. Um, that They look like they're in the best shape they've been in to possibly win the whole thing in the, you know, in the last 10 years. But the, the last thing we want to do is get a bit too excited <laughs> because they've let us down before. So... We'll see how they go. See if they can maintain this fucking unreal form that they're in. Um, no reason they won't go undefeated until the end of the year. Could very well happen. It's unlikely, but it could. Six games to go. Um, and, you know, they should fight for a home... Like, they this year of all years, they, there's no chance of them getting a home final because half the ground is missing, so they're not going to, you know, there'll be no money to be made from it. Um, so scratch that. Um, but, you know, in, in future years, they should, I'm, I'm in, definitely in favour of um, Geelong playing finals in Geelong if they finish uh, in the required position on the ladder. But yes, I think they are legit, but that is a tentative legitness I'm giving them. Melbourne, on the other hand, are in big trouble at the moment. They are not legit. They are probably going to end up in the top four, but they need to be really careful and they need to switch back on because the next six weeks are going to go by in a flash and they're going to blink and they might find themselves without a double chance, which would be just the most unbelievable slip in form that we've seen from a top team in a long time. Um, so they've got to watch out. They've got to sort their shit out. Okay. On Friday night, Sydney versus the Western Bulldogs. Yoof. 
Um, I did not expect this game to be over at quarter time, but Sydney was so on and the Dogs were so not. Oh, Jesus. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say. The, Sydney were brilliant everywhere and the Dogs have got problems everywhere. Like, it's not just their back line that is an issue, um, though it is probably their biggest issue. Um, th- their midfield wasn't as good as it has been. Their forward line is lacking, you know, a bit like it's very Norton reliant. There isn't a whole lot else going on. Um, yeah, they got they got big issues. I, I, I think they're done. Um, th- there is Gold Coast, Port and the Bulldogs who are all on 32 points. I think they're all done. I don't think any, maybe Gold Coast because they got a pretty good draw. Um, and they're in the best form of those three teams. Um, but I don't think any of them can get in, especially the Bulldogs. Bulldogs are on Struggle Street big time. I don't think St Kilda, who are on 36 points, are going to get in, <laughs> to be honest. Um, so it's even tougher for those teams a game behind. Yeah, this was ugly. Um, this was ugly. But yeah, like I said, their, their back line, um, when they brought in Alex Keith few years ago now, I thought, oh yeah, this is what they need. They're looking good. They made finals. Then they lost that first final to St Kilda. A couple of years later, they bring in Tim O'Brien. They need more height. Oh yeah, this is good. But And he just hasn't been what they needed him to be. Oh, they got big problems. And there's all this talk about, yeah, Darcy, you know, playing in the VFL. He's playing at fullback. He's going to come in. He's 19. It's going to be two or three years before he is ready to really hold down that position and, you know, be what they need him to be. He can start to play there, but, you know, they're still going to be very reliant on Keith, who is sort of struggling to do everything on his own uh, at the moment and also just hasn't. He's pretty similar to Dougal Howard, Um, not the type of player he is, but just hasn't is very serviceable, but hasn't quite been what their new club needed them to be, is what I'll say there. Um, and you can, you can see exactly, not see exactly, but this this is an example of how the Bulldogs' back line is struggling. Tom Papley played an unbelievable game. He had 17 score involvements. That's, he's having way too much influence on the game. Way too much, right? Where's the where's this Bulldogs defender who's going to go and shut down a player like that, right? We know they don't really have an intercept defender, which you just have to have these days. But, you know, who, who was on Papley? Who, like, when he started to take control of the game, who is going to be sent to him to deal with that, right? Take St Kilda, for example, a team I can speak about with a great deal of authority. We've got two players that can do that. We got Patton and we have Webster, right? Now, granted, our backline has totally fallen to pieces in the last six weeks, but usually you'd rely on one of those guys to handle a Papley, you know? And then with the intercepts, we have Wilkie and Battle that can do that, you know? We've got a, we got a glut of these mid-sized defenders, Caulfield, Highmore, Wilkie, Battle, who are all very versatile. Then we've got the smaller ones in your Patterns and Webster's. Sinclair's in there, but he's very, you know, gets up the ground a bit. Well, you know, we got 
when it's all working, we've got all our bases covered. We need a little bit more height, but I'm going to get to that, you know. Um, whereas the dogs, oh, they just, they're all at sea. And yeah, they're missing players too. Everyone's missing players. But they just, oh man, it's a mess. Their back line. Um, this is a great win for Sydney. And I've said it a thousand times. When they win contested ball, they win. They won contested ball and they won tackles. Given how much they, excuse me, given how much they dominated the game, they should not have won the tackle count, but they did. So comprehensive win by the Swans. Alrighty. On to Saturday. What a wild Saturday it was. Good grief. So first up, we had Collingwood versus North Melbourne, which had no right to be as interesting as it was. Um, North Melbourne dominated the first three quarters. My God, where did this come from? Such a good effort, but you've got to play four quarters, especially against a good team like Collingwood. Collingwood woke up at three-quarter time and went, shit, we don't want to lose to North Melbourne. <laughs> and they dealt with it, getting over the line by just seven points. Very, very close one there. Now, I'll, I'll get to David Noble in a bit. Um, but this like this just shows you, like, North North have got a shocking list. The, the, the actual talent on their list is low. They've got some great players, but... When you average it out, it's not good. But when you just, like, you you put your head over the ball, you put a lot of pressure on, all sorts of things can happen. They, they were doing really, really well. Um, did not help that Collingwood didn't have Darcy Moore. Um, they, they need him back as soon as possible because Nick Larkey just ran riot. Five goals he kicked. He was out of control because there was just no one, no one big enough or strong enough in Collingwood's back line to deal with him. Um, that's a good game for, you know, because he and the team have had a rough year. Um, he has had some really good moments. And for a young key forward who's trying to, you know, trying to be the man for his team, it's a great game for him to have. Would have been even better if they'd won. Um, Luke Davies, Uniac as well. Um, unbelievable game. He was amazing. Um, he... Like there was him, Simkin, Thomas, you know, this this next group of midfielders coming through last year, you look, oh, gee, they're looking good. They've all just sort of just fallen away along with the entire team. But God, LDU was fucking awesome. He was so good. He's probably the next captain, I would think. Um, I don't know what he's like as a leader, but he gives me captain vibes, especially when he plays like this. Um so, yeah, I think he, at least in my opinion, looks a suitable fit to fill the role next. Um, now, obviously, David Noble parting ways with the club yesterday. Who didn't see this coming? Um, I thought it was going to come after the review was complete, but they've gone, no. I, don't, I think the review is going to be done next week. Um, but, yeah, they've just, no, time to, time to end it, which makes sense. Um, Lee Adams will take over until the end of the year and then it'll be on it'll be Clarkson watch does Clarkson step in and try and try and do the impossible with this struggling team um, I don't know I, I personally think he's waiting for the Tassie team but the Tassie team's still a few years away um, so does he want to wait 
until 2024, 2025? Or does he want to coach right now? In which case, um, he'll probably go to North. I don't think he wants to go to the Giants. Um, so I think it'd be North Melbourne. But just on David Noble, that's, that's a rough hand. He got dealt. I think he ended up coaching 38 games, which isn't enough. Um, but you can tell, like, by the end of this year, it's not going to get any better. Um that the trajectory was good in the second half of last year. You could see the improvement, and then come this year, it's just gone. Um, and and sometimes in this situation, the coach is like is sort of the scapegoat um, for other problems at the club. But I actually think, I think this is on him um, to to see that improvement in the second half of last year completely evaporate come the start of this year um, and things honestly get progressively worse like enormous loss after enormous loss um, you know the the his demeanor off field um, sorry not that he's on field but you know um, after games you know the apology he had to give to the players for the dressing down he gave them or whatever it was I I don't know I think he can be a good coach. Uh, I think he, you know, probably needs to go and be an assistant coach somewhere. Get be more in the coaching world. Go to go to like, go to a Geelong or, you know, go to a I don't know like a West Coast, like a really like or a Sydney, a club that's been really good for a long time, and you know, get into that winning culture. Just really soak that in. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I just don't think this job at this point was for him. Um, and now it's come to an end. So uh, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens with North come to the end of the year. It is going to be so interesting to watch. Now, often when we see interim coaches step in, we sometimes, sorry, we often see a lot of change. And it often equates to victory on the field if North Melbourne win this week that would be remarkable in all kinds of different ways Richmond need to watch out that's who they're playing watch out Tigers because this is a danger game they're still on the same points as St Kilda 36 each St Kilda their only chance of getting in the Saints is if Richmond fall over and this would be the first, this would be the second stumble if we count the game against Gold Coast, which I'm about to get to. So it's a huge game for Richmond coming up against North Melbourne. Okay, now before I get into the rest of the games, let's put the quiz right here. Enjoy. Hello, what's going on? I'm tired. Oh, that's good. Welcome back. Round. You asked me what was going on. I told you what was going on, and that is that I'm tired, but I'm here, so. Round Schmleventeen. Schmleventeen. See, we're at the pointy end. Season is. Wait, do we only have? There's six games left. How many rounds are there? Twenty-three. Yeah, including a bye. Ah, uh, so you play that's 22, why I was 22 confused. Games. Yeah. I was like, what? How is there twenty-three when you only <laughs> play twenty-two season games? But I figured it out, guys. It's all good math. How was the uh, how was the weekend of football? I have no idea. <laughs> um, I know that Gold Coast beat Richmond. We lost. 
Bulldog's also lost. That's about it. Okay. Well, we'll see how that uh, <laughs> how that translates into success. It, in it won't. <laughs> I'm not even mentally here. Like I can't form sentences. Well, we'll see if you can win your caramilk. I reckon we've done caramilk before. I think so. I reckon we have. Or I, I, no, I think I had a caramel Kit Kat. At oh, one maybe. Point, but not because I remember reading the the new allergen little red part, and it's talking about may contain wheat and gluten. As the new allergens. What a rough time for people in this celiac. Caramel. Golden blend of caramelized white. I remember reading this too. Mm. A golden blend of caramelized white chocolate. I really don't. And what? Blend of what? And caramelized white chocolate. No, no. Like. No. Caramel and white chocolate. Though. No, no. Caramelized white chocolate. I know. It's but white that's chocolate what the that's blend been is. cooked. Mm, mm. White chocolate's cooked anyway. No, but like, you know, caramel cooked. No, it literally just tastes like it's got a wheaty, brown, sugary, syrupy aftertaste. That's Fair enough. Kind of what it is. And once again, we've got the trademark purple. Mm, that Cadbury purple. I'd still love to know what's going on with the Violet Crumble and their purple. It's, it's not like, the same purple. I know, but they they would have had to jump through so many hoops to get that purple. But it's not the same purple. You can only trademark a shade of purple. You can't trademark I purple. Well, I th- I, well I, it's interesting. I reckon like that might be that might be violet. That, that, that's my tum-tum. Oh my we just had dinner. Um, <laughs> Sounds like you farted. <laughs> like, I wonder if their purple is actually violet or some other, like, Bunnings paint card name. doesn't matter. It's not as long as it's not that shade like, of purple. Because this, this only says purple, so I wonder if this is this is actual, genuine purple. Why are we talking about this? And every, put okay. it down. Question one. Yesterday. Yesterday? Yesterday. Tuesday. North Melbourne's coach was sacked. Oh, right. I was like, there was not he's... a game yesterday. That much I know. <laughs> he's done. He uh, is done. After that only 38 sense. games in the job. Well, that's a rough time. But also, they were shit. And yeah. they are shit. Yeah, it's, so... this year is one of the worst seasons by North... Like, the North Melbourne's season is one of the worst ever put together by a team. Yeah, I did see that. It's pretty bad. Mm. Um, what's his name? Noble. Yep, I'll take that. I don't that. know his first name, though. David. David. I Good was going to say Dan, to be honest. Dan. I mean, yeah. Oh, that's close. <laughs> yeah. Well done. Good job. Thanks. Question two. St. Kilda played Fremantle. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yep. On Saturday. We, did we um, play? I don't know if we played. We I played for the first half. I haven't even watched the second half yet. Don't watch it. I, I, I think got, it's just, I will you just cry. Point. You'll just cry. Um, which St. Kilda player celebrated their 150th game? I feel like it was like this is. I'm just throwing this out there. It was like Billings, or yeah, it was Billings. It or was Battle. Billings. That was well my done. second. Yep, it was Billings. It was one of the B's. I knew that. 150 games. I did not see that coming. For JB, he's Don't been around. Anybody. Been around. Needs to improve. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't okay. feel like he's played 150 games sometimes, but that's okay. It's it's weird. Like having watched his entire career. It is weird to think he's been... Like, because he was drafted in 2013. Ooh, I was in year 11. Like, that's so long ago. That is, considering I've been like, out of high school for he, eight years. That's so nine years ago. He still feels like a new player, you know? It's he weird. still looks very babyface. He does have a bit of a babyface yeah. going on. Question three, and you've actually already answered this. Oh. Which game was decided by a goal after the siren? Oh, Gold Coast. I don't know who kicked it, though. Who kicked it? Noah Anderson. I don't know who that is. Yeah. He's Glad that wasn't the question. He was taken with pick two after Matt Rowell. They were best mates. 
Oh, that's kind of cute though. Yeah. Wait, Round plays with Gold Coast as well, doesn't yeah. he? Okay, yeah. good. Yeah, like they went to the same team, so there's you know. Yeah, it was a nice cute. It's story. kind of like Sinclair. Is it Sinclair and JB that have played together for ages? Yes, they were. Yeah, because there's pictures. That's they... how I remembered it was JB's game. I think because there's pictures of them as kids together. I think I they're just friends. I don't think they were taken. I think. Billings is a year older, but yes, they were childhood, childhood friends. friends. Yeah. I think that's a really cute relationship yeah. when they get to do that. Question four. Sorry. Yes, question four. True or false? Mm. There, ha- there has been another game this year decided by a goal after the siren. This year? Mm-hmm. True or false? I'm throwing a shot in the dark here completely. Because the last goal after the siren I can remember was Nunes for Carlton, and that was not this year. There's been three or four since then. Yeah, I, I know. I think there's been three. But that was not this year, though. No. So I'm going to say false. It's not. Wait. Am I saying true or false? Wait. What's the question? <laughs> there has been another one no. this year. I'm going to say no. There has been. Oh. Jordan Adelaide and Port Adelaide, Jordan no, Dawson. I no. <laughs> who cares who Adelaide is? When the derby happens, I'm not physically, mentally You, you know here. what the game's called? Well, technically that's called the showdown. Whatever. The West, the Western Australian like, the teams derby. is the yeah. derby. What's or the, the derby. What's the, oh, the derby. God. What's the Queensland one called? The Q Clash. Okay. And I then, thought they were all derbies. Yeah, like the, the names get thrown around. Um and the, and the Sydney one is called the Battle of the Bridge, which That's I think is a pretty good name. So dumb. But it also like you know some like sometimes they'll as just, in Sydney Harbour Bridge, just... ones on one side of Sydney Harbour Bridge and ones on the other. Yeah. Do like... they know that they can drive around and you don't have to go over <laughs> that bridge, so yeah. they're still connected by a landmass? But like sometimes they'll just get called like the the Sydney Derby, you know? Yeah, well like, that's what yeah. I've ever heard yeah. them call. I knew that. Apologies, just had some technical difficulties with the sound cut out. Anyway, so you got that one wrong. So no chockies tonight. <laughs> That has to go. <coughs> that has to go into the pool. That's fine. I've eaten maccas two days in a row. I don't really need the chocolate. Question five. This is also a true or false. Is it against Carlton on Sunday? Uh-huh. West Coast were kept scoreless in two quarters. Yeah. True or false? I think that's true. It is true. Yeah. In the first and last quarter. Yeah, it was the first. And they last didn't one. score in either. First time Awkward. since nineteen nineteen. I listened to that time that Jared said it when I was trying to ignore you listening to whatever that radio show is that you listen to. It's just SEN. In person. No, but what's it's it's David King and Jared though, oh, but I don't know what that is. Um it's on SEN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I forget what the segment's called, but yeah, I like Great. it. Great. Like you don't even know what it's called. I, there's lots of different shows and segments okay. and stuff that I watch. <laughs> uh yeah, so four out of five, not bad. Um well done. Thanks. You did well this week. Thanks. Unlike St Kilda. Rip. <laughs> we'll see how we go against the dogs on Friday night. Um, I'm predicting not well. I think we'll win again. We'll, we'll bounce back. Okay, you've been saying this since we lost that Essendon game, and you've been wrong. No, what's gonna? We're gonna win every single game between now and the end of the year. You're and wrong. And we're gonna finish in the top four. You're, what the fuck? You're wrong. <laughs> no, that won't happen. So many ways. That isn't going to happen. That's wishful thinking. All right. Thanks for coming on. Oh, do you have a do you want to do you want to pop quiz me? Yeah. Yep. Uh, which former president is expected to announce his campaign for 2024 this week? I assume it's Trump. It sure is. Do you want to know what the slogan's expected to be? Make 
America great again, again. I mean, that would almost be more creative, but no. Um, make Amer- it'll be make America. It's not make America. Um, but something that's similar to make. Uh, 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 bake. If only no snake. Oh my god! <laughs> what is it? Take America back again. Oh. I don't know when he thought he really had it. Interesting. Well, he had it for four years. He was the president. But he didn't really have the it. There was some pretty significant unrest. <laughs> president of the United States for four years. Everyone's got to remember that. Keep that in that mind. <laughs> America, mean, get your shit together. I mean, Seriously. The next, the next president will be a Republican. I don't think it's going to be him. I think it'll be someone else. Because Biden, Biden can barely stand up. <laughs> he can't form a sentence. Yes, he can barely, but he, he can. can. Well, I'm sure he can when he's not in front of a microphone, but sometimes when he gets on TV... He did he live through like, the Civil War. Give the man a fucking um, break. Yeah, and like the birth of Christ. And, other and the birth of Christ. Yeah. When was Jesus born? Is it 2,022 years ago? No. That's what... Wait. Yeah. No. B, BC. So before him... Is, uh-huh. is everything before 2022 years ago. Yes. So you're wrong. No, you're wrong. Zero is when he died. You want... What? Yeah. So his life is included in the before Christ part. <clears throat> if it's not BC, what's the other version? Oh, is, was there an interim? No, no, no. What's it called? AD. Uh-huh. And what yeah. does that stand for? Uh, well... No, uh, what does that stand an- for? Ando Domini. Uh-huh, which yeah. means what? After death. Yeah. Yep. So that only starts after his death. Wait, so there's, there's an interim? <laughs> there's no interim period. But it, So does, does BC end and then there's the 20 whatever years he lived for? No. And then AD? No. Should be. Yeah, it should be. There's not. Yeah. Should be. Can't believe you thought be, he was born in it, zero it when should, AD should, means after death. It should go. It should <laughs> You're go, like, oh. It should go BC... JC AD. <laughs> what is if you're no, not, and if you're JC not... doesn't stand for what you think it stands for. No, what does it stand for? During Christ. Oh, no. <laughs> but during spelled with a D. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> yes it is. Did you just spell it with a J? Yes. <laughs> Are you okay? Yeah, no. <laughs> if you're not religious, what do you what do you call them. So if you're not someone that follows that calendar, well, you know, different religions have different calendars. Correct. But I'm saying Jewish calendar, if you're, which is if completely you're, different. Yes, I'm saying if you're non-denominational, you're not going to call it before Christ and after death. What, it, what would you call it? What's the what's the non-religious version? Well, I'm I'm not religious, and I call it those things. Oh, because I because I go by that calendar. Yes, it's still the same calendar. They just call it different things. Oh, what do they call it? BCE. BCE. Yeah. B- C-E. Before. Yes. Wait. Bef- it's before Catholic something. No. no. Before Christian something. No. No? What's no. It, what is it? Before Common Era and Bef- Common Era. Before Common Era? Yeah. That's dumb. Is it any more dumb than having before Christ include the time he was alive? Is during what I was going for? Or did I just say that? Was I thinking of a word that actually started with J? I don't fucking know. Or can I just not spell in that moment? I don't know. You and Janice I can, can work it out. I came up with a lol. I, <laughs> I came up with the like the JC joke and I just wanted to run with it, not having fully thought it through at all. Why didn't you just say it was Jesus Christ? Because I was trying to make like, because that's I knew what you would think and I was trying to make a joke. 
have it be something else, but the something else was wrong. Yeah, during is not spelt with a J. Yeah, I know that. So you were spelling it J-U-R-I-N-G. My, my, my brain chose to not okay. inform me of that for a minute. Right. Anyway, thanks thanks for coming on. Thanks for um, RE. Thanks for that. RE. Religious education. I don't think that's religious education. I think that's <laughs> history. Yeah, same. Well, depends who you are. It's history. Some That's why it's not religious education, because not everyone's <laughs> bloody religious, but everyone exists currently. So. Oh, I see. That you teach it to. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Well, we're almost well done. We'll see you next week. She's giving me daggers. Fuck you. Bye. Bye. There we go. I hope you guys enjoyed that one. Um, yes, I did get a little bit confused with my spelling for a second there. It is not my strong suit. I do know how to spell. I just, turns out when I don't even remotely think about what I'm doing, I make very silly <laughs> mistakes. So I hope that was a bit, hope that was funny for everyone to listen to. And I hope you guys enjoyed the quiz. Nearly got the chocolates there, cat, literally, but not quite this week. Okay. On to the game of the round. This is amazing. Gold Coast versus Richmond. Goal after the siren. You love to see it. You absolutely love to see it. It's always one of the highlights of the year. Noah Anderson. Ice in his veins. Just, oh, brilliantly done. Perfect kick. Just dead straight. Stark contrast to Jordan Dawson's absolute mongrel punt earlier in the year. Um, God, it was awesome. It was, and, and the whole sequence of events, right, that lead up to it and make it even more, more remarkable. So Richmond give up a 40-point advantage, which, first of all, is just unforgivable, right? 40 points in front. Suns whittle away, get back to, you know, within a few goals, right? And then in the last few moments, there's a whole bunch of shit that goes wrong for Richmond. First of all, you've got the Castagna shot on goal. He takes too long. Ball gets smothered, right? Oops. Then you have the Jaden Short 50-meter penalty. What in the holy fuck was he thinking? What? I oh, I cannot even imagine what was going through his head when he thought to even put his hand anywhere near that ball. Silly, silly boy. And then you had the Grimes dropped mark. You think, right, it's going in his direction. He's uncontested. He's going to gobble this up. Game over. Right? No, he. Oh, it, it's it's that it's that Gold Coast do. It's the do up there. It it fucked him. <laughs> he couldn't catch the ball. It was too slippery. And then and then the rest is history. The 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 Holman kick across goals. Day marks it, and then he plays on. He plays on, not knowing how long there. He knew would there would have been less than a minute. He's like, nah, it's a better chance with Noah from over there. I've got to risk it for the biscuit. And he did. Oh, oh, guys, awesome. It was so good. And the reaction from the players. I could not get the image out of my head last week of how the Suns players reacted when the siren went against the Pies. They were so gutted. You don't often see such an emotional reaction to a loss like we did in that game. Um, but it was powerful. They're fucking serious this year. It's like I said, it's going to be really tough for them to get into finals from here, but either way, this is going to be their best season in their existence. So I had a feeling they were going to bounce back. I did tip them. 
I didn't think it was going to go quite down quite like this. <laughs> um, but, oh, man, yeah, it was just amazing to see their faces after last week. It was so awesome. Bloody well done, Gold Coast. This is... A lot of people have said it's the biggest win in their history. I don't know. It, it's up there. Like, there was the Sydney one a few years ago when Sydney were on top of the ladder and Gold Coast were on the bottom and, and they and they beat them in Sydney. Like, that was huge. There's obviously the Carmichael Hunt one from, God, nearly a decade ago now. Um, this this would be one of them. This is, oh, it was, oh, it was just fucking awesome. There's goal after the siren wins. That's one thing. But when it's the underdog... You just you just want so badly for it to all work out. Oh, it was so good. Fucking love it. Um, this is becoming a little bit of a pattern, a bit of a habit for Richmond. They get a comfortable lead and then they give it up. Um, lots of people are referencing the recent Geelong game. There's, uh, I think it was a Sydney game. And then this game. They also did it to St Kilda early in the year. They were 30-something. They were like six goals in front of St Kilda, and then they let St Kilda kick 10 goals in a row and run away with the game. So um, it's a bad habit that the Tigers have sort of um, got themselves into here. They need to stop it, um, otherwise they're going to miss out on the eight, that's for sure. Um, they, they needed, like they're obviously missing Cochin and Martin and a few others. They needed more leadership out there. They needed to completely take the sting out of the game when Gold Coast started to get within a few goals, you know, like Nankervis was out there, Rewalt was out there, Grimes was out there. One of them had to like just shut the whole thing down. Probably Nankervis is in the middle of the ground. He's the captain. Um, it, it, he just had to be like, right, we're taking the tempo out of this game completely. And there was no one that could do that. You know, th this would have been a good chance for one of the younger kids to stand up and, you know, take a bit of leadership, like, I don't know who I have in mind, um, but you know they've they got a bunch of like got a bunch of young kids who are premiership players, like players that are still like twenty four that have played in three premierships. You know, <laughs> like I don't know any like this. It's 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 time for this club. Like they can't be relying on Martin and Cochin and Rewalt and Grimes forever. You know where where are the next lot of leaders coming from? You know if they, if they're going to sort of try to hang around near the middle top of the ladder for a little while longer. They need that next generation, not just of talent, but of leaders because they've had great leaders for a long time. You know, no Vloston there either. So, you know, they they were missing a bit of that in this game. And yeah, that's, that's you know, they would have won if someone had just, just slow it down for 10, 15 minutes, just take the sting out of the game, but no one could... Oh, anyway, all right, on to, on to, oh, this is a fun game, St Kilda versus Fremantle, fucking God, fucking fuck, damn it, shit, fuck, damn it, Ugh. so upsetting, 41 points, we let this get out to, shit, fuck, <laughs> damn it, um, yeah, our, our back line has just been terrible since the bye, it's been so bad, it was our strength, in the first half of the year, we were one of the best defensive teams in the comp, and I don't understand what's happened. I don't understand. We only had one week without Howard. Everything else, every other game, it's been fine. We've had, you know, basically our first pick 
back line. And it's just, it is so frustrating. God, it is frustrating. I've got nothing against Dara Joyce, but he's not up to AFL level. He's not. This was like his seventh or eighth career game, something like that. And he's just, he's not up to it. I know he's he's our other, you know, tall defender. I know, like, that's all it's, we haven't got much. Um... Which, which is something we absolutely need to address in the off-season. It's been too many years without, you know, two legitimate big defenders. We just don't... Oh, it's really, really tough um, to defend when you only got one proper big guy and that one big guy gets injured. Um, Joyce, seven disposals, zero marks, one tackle, 23 metres gained, playing at fullback. So, yeah, um, I, like I said, I've got nothing against him, but I don't understand this selection. I know we needed height because they got lob and all of that and tabina, but, and this is my problem with Ratten, right? Ratten does so many things really well, but I think he's got a real issue with creativity. He tries to be so safe and it costs us games all the time. Take a risk, right? Here's what I would have done. Okay? You take, like you bring you bring in a Cooper Shaman. Yeah? Or, I don't know, take your pick. Someone else who can play forward. Okay? You play someone else forward. You put Marshall. Hear me out. Marshall goes to fullback. And Marshall can be the second Ruckman, or you have Membry or Battle or someone like that, or Shaman, if you brought Shaman in, be the second Ruckman. Right? We needed more height down there, height that is, you know, at AFL standard. Marshall's never played a game in the back line in his life, but all you have to say to him, look, either mark it, or if you can't mark it, just punch it out of there. Yeah, and and he also would be really difficult to beat in a one-on-one marking contest. So I think that might have gone okay. He just... No, I'm not saying that would have worked, but I'm saying I think it would have been better than what we did. I really do. Like, sometimes when you've got injuries, it is not the best idea to pick the next best player in that specific position. You know? Yeah, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. Um, the usual suspects for St Gilda were very good. Steele was very good. Sinclair, very, very good again. Um, Crouch was very good as well. Um, he's having an awesome year. I thought Battle, give, given the pressure that the back line was under, especially in the second half, thought Battle had a very good game. He played really well against Fremantle in round two as well, also when Howard wasn't there. Um but yeah, just it's rough because we play so like so good against Carlton, and then we bring this shit the following week. Yeah, we were so like it was a half of football. We played so well in the first half, and then we just vanished in the second half. Just allowed like we were what were we eight points in front, something like that at halftime, and then we allowed it to just total. We just got completely run over in the second half. Unacceptable. Um, 
I think well, I think we're done now. Like we still have to play Geelong, Brisbane, and Sydney again. Um, we obviously have the Bulldogs this week. We have to go over to Perth to play West Coast, which isn't as easy as it used to be, and we have Hawthorne. So I think those those last three: Geelong, Brisbane, Sydney. We could very easily lose all three of those. Um, and I've been playing with my ladder predictor. This is interesting. Um, and those of you who have also been messing around with it will know this too. It's looking like every team that finishes in the eight is going to have 14 wins. Although now that Richmond lost, there might be one team in there that has 13. I don't know. But it, I think it's it's almost a certainty that seven out of the eight teams are going to have 14 wins or more. So you're either going to need 13 and the best percentage possible, or you're going to need 14 wins. There's only six games to go. St Kilda have nine wins. means we've got to win five of the remaining six games, which isn't going to happen. (laughs) So, yeah, so I think we're done, which fucking sucks, but we need to move on. Uh, after the end of this year, assuming we don't get lucky and make it in, um, and I'll and I'll, I'll I've got plenty of time later on the year to talk about what happens next. Um, but yeah, it's just disappointing. Um, Fremantle, Fremantle are the real fucking deal. Um, they are going to make a prelim final, and there's a great chance they're going to win one. They've beaten all the teams around them. Right, Melbourne, Brisbane, Geelong, they've beaten them all. They haven't beaten Collingwood. Collingwood did get them, um, but I believe they've beaten every other. They, I think they beat Sydney. Pretty sure well, they haven't played them yet, have they? I don't know, but they've definitely beaten those other three. So yeah, they they are, and Fife. God, Brayshaw was amazing again. Um, he's I, I think he's probably got the brown low close to sewn up, especially if Neil has another quiet one. He was quiet on the weekend. Um, so it might be Brayshaw's to lose now. He was unbelievable. Another three votes. And Fife played his best game by a long way since he came back well, three or four weeks ago. Um, so oh, I think Fremantle are as dangerous as anyone. That They look so good at the moment. Um, before I move on, poor Michael Frederick. Um uh, was the target of just a fucking disgusting message. Um, this is this you know this is now happening at least once a year um, where there is a big um, whether it was Tex Walker last year or players hurling abuse over the fence or sending messages to players like what happened here. People out there are still disgusting, pathetic bigots. And if you read um, what Michael shared on his social media, um, it was pretty foul. And it's just, it it's so fucked. It's so disappointing. Like, it's, it's... The fact that there are people out there... Not that there are people out there that still think it's okay to say these sort of things and think these sort of things but people out there who would actually say it 
to someone like this. Like, just fuck you. It's so disgusting and pathetic. And, and like, you know, the club, you know, notified the AFL and all that, and that's all fine. But the, the police have got to be involved. Cyber police, like, this has to equate to criminal charges, this stuff. It, like, that's, that's how you start to stop it. You make people accountable for what they've said. You put them in prison and then you educate them. Oh, God, it's so... I feel so bad. And I believe Michael Walters copped it a bit as well. It's so sad. Um, Like, and it's... I don't know. It is an issue that just, you know, we just haven't been able to get past yet. And all we can do is just, you know, when it happens, you just support whoever it is that's been attacked. And we've got to be vocal about how wrong it is to say these things and think these things. It's, it's shocking. Um, and he's, and he's had such a fucking good year as well. Michael Frederick, he is one of the most exciting young players. God, he is electric when he gets going. He's a bloody excellent kicker goal. I got nothing for but praise, for, but for how he plays football, he is so good. So, um, yeah, that 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 was a really sour note to end the weekend on. Um, that was really disappointing, and I hope he and you know everyone else affected is doing all right. Okay, let's get on to... There was a few really strange games this weekend, and this was one of them. Port Adelaide versus GWS. So, the final margin was 84 to 29. Um, GWS kept to just three goals. Um, So, yeah, they had a really rough day. But it was such a nothing game. It was a weird... And there'll be more of these games as we get closer to the end of the year. Um, that include more and more teams that aren't going to be playing finals. Um, Connor Rosie is putting together some really, really red-hot form, um, and he's beginning to sort of be talked about as being in all-Australian contention. Um, if Kane Corns wasn't on, wasn't a selector, I would say there's no chance. He hasn't put together a full season of high enough quality. Um, but with Kane there, who knows? <laughs> um, but yeah, he was he, he was absolutely sublime. Uh, on a really sad note, Phil Davis has done another really bad hamstring. So I don't see how that isn't his career over, given his age, given how many of these injuries he's had now. Um, which is a shame because he's been a warrior for the Giants. He's been a great player, great leader. Um, it's sad when players' careers end like this, but I, I, there's just no way. I can't see you continue. I can't see him continuing on next year. That's just the way it is. Um, but yeah, th- this game was seriously lackluster. There was a long period there where no goals were kicked. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was it was strange. Like I said, we've got Port, the Dogs, and the Suns all on thirty-two points. Um, I should have checked to see if any of them play each other. That'd be interesting. Um, but yeah, if if any of those three are going to get into the eight, it's going to be Gold Coast. I think Port Adelaide 
are done and I think the dogs are done. Um, this is a good percentage booster for Port Adelaide. I will say all three of those teams have a better percentage than St Kilda, <laughs> who have had a 40-point loss and a 50-point loss in the last few weeks, which has destroyed our percentage. Um, but yeah, I thought, like Port were very good, um, but this was this was such a odd game. It's really hard to tell how they actually went, if you know what I mean. Alrighty, on to oh. Onto Brisbane and Essendon. So Brisbane had nine changes for this game. Obviously, um, Essendon won by 10 points, um, which is fantastic for them. Um, but yeah, Brisbane, nine changes, I think six or seven of which were COVID-related. Um, yeah, this is a worry. So yeah, they were vulnerable, and credit to Essendon for taking advantage. Really, really well done. Good win. Um Peter Wright is having an amazing year. I think he's, he's top, is he, what is he in the Coleman? Equal fifth? <laughs> I don't know. Um, he's doing really well. 40 goals, I think he's kicked. So, you know, for them to have Danaher depart and then Wright arrive, I think is a pretty even trade-off, honestly, thus far. Um, Brisbane, geez. Um, Brisbane have got just as much going going wrong as Melbourne do at the moment. Um, Brisbane, oh, they even even with all the players missing, they should have won this game. You know, they're such a good team. And, and when you have a lot of important players out, good teams rise to the occasion. But Brisbane just couldn't do it. And their midfield was largely intact. Still had Neil and Lyons and McCluggage and, and all those guys in there and McInerney in there still. Like, that should have been where they had supremacy and they just didn't. Like, Neil... I believe he got tagged out of the game, um, but he had very little impact, and it seemed like no, no Neil, no Brisbane was the way that it went. Um, so yeah, like you know, a couple of months ago, Brisbane and Melbourne were the top two seeds, and it was going to be them and no one else. Now it has been blown wide open by form slumps and you know form improvements and all these sort of things. Um, but yeah, this game showed that COVID is a real problem still and can, you know, if, like if we have a game affected like this, that's a final, it, it'll cause all sorts of problems. There will be uproar, the likes of which we cannot imagine. Um, like they would, I think they would postpone a final if this happened, which... You know, there's TV deals, there's money, there's plane tickets, there's all, God, just a fucking nightmare. Um, so we're going to see if, if the season can hang on for another, what is there, 11 weeks to go until it's all said and done. We will see. Um, yeah, let's move on. I haven't got a whole lot to say other than well done, Essendon. And, and in Brisbane, you got to up your game. Same as Melbourne, you got to up your game. Um, Hawks and Crows. Um, this wasn't a nothing game, but obviously two teams that are not, you know, going to be contending. Um, I love where both of these teams are at. So they're both developing. They're both a couple of years into their rebuild. Um, I think they're both going brilliantly. Like, obviously, Hawthorne won this game pretty well. 32 points was the difference in the end. Um, and, and I think Hawthorne have got more talent on their list. In fact, I'll happily say that they do. Um, if you had both teams lined up against a wall and you looked at all the, all the players, you know, Hawthorne have got more 
elite talent there. But I think they're both, in terms of where they're at in their growth, they're at about the same place. I think they they should both be thrilled with how they're going, both teams. Um, they're going really, really well. I like how both teams play. I like I like both coaches. Like that, that they both got good, strong bones with their youth. Um, they got a good mix of older talent in there. Taylor Walker's just signed an extension, um, so he'll finish his career at Adelaide. Um, Darcy Fogarty keeps kicking goals. He's he's in the best form of his career. Um, so, it, like you know, Mitch Lewis kicked five goals. He's having like it. it I, I love watching really young teams just start to find their way, start to play well. Like individual players, young players, like oh, it's exciting. Um, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot in this game, but it's, you know, both of these teams are looking to start something and it was just cool to see them go head to head. I liked it. Um, and then we had the final game of the round, which was the fucking weirdest shit I've ever seen in my life. The weirdest game of the year by a long way. So let me just, let's, let's talk about this. This is a fucking weird game. So West Coast are kept scoreless. I talked about this in the quiz with Cat. Scoreless in the first and the last quarter. First time in a hundred years that's happened. A hundred years. Um, and in the second quarter, they kicked seven goals three. Seven goals. So and and in the third quarter they kicked one goal two. So outside of one quarter. They've kicked one goal too. In the first, third, and fourth quarters, total of one goal too. That is insane. And and at halftime, it looked like we had a game on our hands because West Coast worked their way back in. They belted Carlton in the second quarter after having been belted themselves in the first. And then that just did not eventuate. <laughs> Carlton just started to kick away more and more, kicked away, and, and eventually it was a 10-goal um, plus margin. And and that was that. This There was a couple of really odd games this weekend. That's all I got to say. Um, Carlton got the win. This was a risky game for them. West Coast were in pretty good form, um, but they... They dealt with them. They went over there and they dealt with them. So Carlton have now, you know, cemented their spot in the in the eight, basically. Be amazing if they fell out from here now. Um just before I finish up, I wanna I've been talking about Sam Doherty a lot this year, and rightly so. A lot of people have. He's he's returned from having cancer and he's been one of the best players in the competition. He's a lock for all Australian. I've been thinking about this. I wonder if he is going to be the All-Australian captain. Just think about it, right? Can you give me an actual captain in the league that is a lock to get in? Gone, maybe. The, the ruck position is going to be really interesting because it's the first time in a number of years where there has not been like a, a single standout, super dominant ruckman. There just hasn't been. Gorn is not he's like not even close to his best. 
Um, I thought it might have been Nankervis or Wits. Um, I think at the moment, if it was me, I'm going to go Wits. Um, probably go Wits, Gorn, then Nankervis. Nankervis, Gorn. If I was ranking like the best rucks this year. Um, Wits is a captain um, of the Suns, so, so maybe. Um, but outside of that, like, you know, I, I can't see... Like, you look at the midfield, like, Oliver will be in there, Brayshaw will be in there, Neil will be in there. You know, none of them are captains. Um, the, you know, the forward line, you're going to have Kerno in there, Cameron, probably Hawkins, um, you know, maybe Stengel or Charlie Cameron, um, maybe Zach Bailey, although probably not. He hasn't been very good the last month or so. Um, you know, the back line, like I said, you're going to have Doherty, you're going to have Sinclair, maybe Tom Stewart, um, Sicily, like none of these guys are captains. And remember a few years ago, they named Buddy the All-Australian captain out of nowhere. I believe Rance was All-Australian captain one year as well. Why can't it be Doherty? What a brilliant example he has set. He hasn't. He wouldn't just be like a leader on a football field. He's a leader as a person. I, I think that would just be one of the stories of the year if he was named All-Australian captain. I just got that thought in my head, and I love it. I absolutely love it. Okay, that is it for this week, guys. Thanks heaps for listening. Um, look after yourselves as COVID sort of starts to, to come back a little bit. Um, rest up. If you do get sick, fingers crossed, big old fingers crossed that the season is not impacted too greatly. Um, and I'd just like to reiterate again that the, the messages sent to Michael Frederick are just wrong in every way imaginable. Um, I hope he's feeling all right. I'm sure he's got loads of support and I'm sure he's going to play like a fucking boss on the weekend as he has all year and and yeah people who are found to be behaving like this that there has to be serious consequences because it's just not on all right remember to like and subscribe to the podcast guys comment review share bloody all those buzzwords tell your friends i'd really appreciate it love you guys heaps for listening Nice to see the listening numbers having been up the last few weeks. I really appreciate you, appreciate appreciate you guys that have jumped on, and I will catch you next time.